trial and error is amazing and i think don't be afraid to like start something and if it fails then that's fine everyone, that was Ali Fonin. She's a writer, editor and curator on all things arts and culture and also founder of The Gallery, a platform created to celebrate women and non-binary creatives. This conversation was recorded at the end of last year. Since then, The Gallery Shop has been launched to feature work by new artists each month alongside interviews to get to know the people behind the prints. During the day, Ali also works at Google Arts and Culture. We talk a little bit about her journey so far, getting internships when she was really young, and also we talk a little bit about the process of collaborating on our amazing career guide, which you can download now, signing up to our newsletter or heading over to the gallery. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Ali. Ali, welcome to the Light Networking Podcast. Hi. Talking to you. Thanks for having me on. Will you introduce yourself? Yeah, so hi, I'm Ali. I'm an arts writer and editor, and I'm based in London at the moment. So I'm working from home for Google Arts and Culture in the editorial team. And then on the side, I also run The Gallery, which is an online platform all about celebrating women and non-binary creatives. So got a lot to keep me going through lockdown and in and out of COVID restrictions. And Ali, will you tell us what is the worst work experience you've ever had? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think back. I think because I'm I actually completed my master's last year, so Google Arts and Culture is my first kind of full time job, but I've been doing internships before and I think thinking back, I'd say probably my worst experience was probably when I was 16 and interning at stylist magazine which thinking back I can remember being like this is the most amazing opportunity that I had I found someone um, online who was working there and just emailed them and I was really interested in working in magazines and then I got there and I was 16 and it was my first magazine experience and I was completely out of my depth and I think when you're so young and it's quite intimidating being in an office full of fashionable um, adults who know what they're well who you think know what they're doing so I think I just felt quite scared and intimidated and in on in looking back in hindsight I realized I was pro- probably just too young to be there um, and didn't get as much out of it as I could have because then I interned later when I was 21 22 at magazines and they were amazing experiences. So I think, although it was probably not the internship that was the problem, I think I was probably just too young in the wrong time at the wrong place. But maybe three years later, it could have been a great opportunity. Fair enough. Timing is a big thing in all things in life. Definitely. So that makes sense. Did you always want to work with magazines and writing? I can remember being quite young and being interested in writing and thinking when I was 10 years old, thinking I was going to be a poet. But obviously, that never actually happened I think I wrote two poems um and then started reading magazines as most 15 year olds do and being like this looks so glamorous and amazing but didn't really know the ins and outs of what it was so it didn't really take until I came to university and started writing for the student newspaper and the student magazine that I kind of realized that writing about people and places and things going on in the world was actually what I was really interested in. So that kind of developed as I got older, definitely. But it it kind of stemmed from when I was younger and, and looking up to a lot of the fashion magazines and culture magazines that everyone kind of knows and sees. So how did you get an internship at 16 years old? Was that your first internship? 
Yeah, I think before that I had done a week's work placement with a friend of a friend. But after that, I I think I I went online and I just found someone at Stylist Magazine and I just found their email and I just emailed them on a whim and they said, sure, come in for a week. And I think that's probably one of the best ways you can get internships is just putting yourself out there because you never know who's going to say yes and if you're in the right time or the right place. But I'd say it was my first proper internship of being in a in an office and kind of experiencing like magazine culture and what it's like to be in that environment. Yes, and I know you said that you recently did your master's mm -hmm. and you did lots of internships. So did you get them throughout your studying time and were they always in magazines? Because I know you did some stuff for days as well as an internal. When I got to university, I studied um, at King's in London um, and I moved there straight after school. And through like for the first two, three years of university, I kind of got derailed from magazines for a bit and I tried out a lot. And I think I was also a lot of internships in magazines are unpaid. So I was also looking as a student for paid work. So I um, got some really great other experience um, working as an exhibition assistant and working as an events runner. So I could also earn some money alongside getting experience in the creative industry. But although I didn't end up going down that route, it was really useful to try and see other industries and other routes and see is events for me. And I kind of realized maybe not is exhibitions for me, maybe a little bit, but I kind of kept getting drawn back to writing and magazines. So whilst then after my undergraduate, I studied a master's and I was looking for um, an internship to do in just after studying finished. And um, I again, emailed on a whim and emailed the arts editor at Dazed, um, who's lovely. And she forwarded me on to their kind of HR and I managed to get in there for a couple of weeks. But even though it was unpaid, I was working on, on the side and before that. So I was able to sustain it. But it was it was a really great opportunity that obviously I was privileged to be able to take. So it was really good to set me up for what I do now. And you did a lot of so you did a lot of internships in different areas. Mm -hmm. Was that uh, easy for you to tell people that You know, even though you worked in all these different areas, what you wanted to pursue in the end was more towards the magazine slash publishing. Because this is something that came up a lot on a recent uh, masterclass we did where people mm -hmm. have different interests and they don't really know how to tell their employers what they do actually, like what's their focus. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the thing nowadays. It's almost like everyone's expected to be able to do everything, but at the same time, you also need to be an expert in your area. So it's, I think, especially when I was applying for jobs post-studying, that was a very specific role in editorial. I had to kind of look back on my experience in exhibitions or events and think what could I bring out of that that is beneficial to this particular role and sometimes maybe you realize that actually it wasn't as relevant but it still kind of shows that you've got a, a breadth of experience so it was definitely useful in a certain extent but I did have to kind of pick up doing other writing and start narrowing down what I wanted to do and sometimes you do just fall into the right kind of role that works for you but I definitely agree that it's tricky to kind of think look at a role and think okay and I need two years experience of and I've I haven't got that I've got little bits here and there and how do I bring it all together but yeah it was definitely a an interesting one to kind of write 
so many, so many CVs and cover letters, but we got that eventually. So many CVs and mm-hmm. cover letters. London is brutal for that. I know. <laughs> but wait, Ali, so now we work at Google Arts and Culture, which is amazing because we haven't had mm-hmm. anyone yet that does creative industries in sort of such a digital first way. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about how that came and how has your role evolved there? What is it that you do there? Yeah. So I was studying for my master's at the time and I was looking for roles in media and journalism and magazines, um, anything in that kind of breadth of work, um, even looking across social media, anything to do with that. And so I was just applying left, right and center for everything. And there's a really great journalism newsletter called Journal Resources. And I get it. I think it's every week. And right at the bottom, they have kind of opportunities or jobs any anything that kind of would relate to maybe the careers in that kind of area and there was what a small ad saying if you're interested in arts and culture email her so I sent off my CV and then from there just went through the regular interview process and turns out the role was for an editorial coordinator role in the Google Arts and Culture team which is what I'm doing now so yeah it's actually kind of somehow managed to pull together all of my experience so I did my master's in arts and cultural management which looks at kind of anything in the uh, creative industry from kind of more management and business to media and I ended up specializing in um, journalism and media for my dissertation but also my writing experience um, my kind of more digital marketing experience as well so yeah, it, it seemed to come about, but it's been it's been really exciting to work within an established platform online, um, and I've learned a lot definitely being there. I think it's coming up to just over a year, year and a half in a couple of months. And what is your, give us a little bit of an insight of what your day-to-day entails there. So I guess I can give a little background of what Google Arts and Culture is. It's a platform that is run on Google, and they work with museums and galleries from all around the world to create collections and stories from all the artworks which use they use technology obviously to be able to upload the artworks um, and create a platform online to showcase them to everyone so within our editorial team we're able to use the artworks to create stories basically and so when I joined my role was very different um, and I've been working across copywriting um, editing uh, project work, broad range of things, um, for, like in that kind of breadth. And then, at the beginning of lockdown, um, obviously everything went three sixty. Everything got turned upside down, and um, it was amazing to see that. Obviously, digital platforms actually were were surviving throughout the pandemic. It was actually where people were turning to. And so, I at that point, then I became. Um, responsible for looking at the homepage of the app and so at the moment I'm actually working primarily on copywriting and curation of the digital um, homepage so it's yeah it's really interesting to to look at editorial from that perspective especially when for a long time I was looking at editorial from a kind of creative writing perspective so it's it's a really interesting thing to learn about different types of writing different types of copywriting and 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 how people consume media online um especially through a a digital platform yeah that's really interesting and you recently launched a project right i saw one that was i think with the arts council is that it yeah the arts council advertise it with the experiences of young people right and during lockdown 
Yeah, there's loads of the like, so the team works on so many projects and editorial kind of works across all of the projects to help promote them on the on the web website. And um, yeah, it's, it's great, because it doesn't just look at arts as painting and drawing, it looks at arts and culture from looking at culture in Kenya to looking at like the latest Artemisia exhibition at the National Gallery. So it's actually been a really great learning experience to actually learn about arts and culture around the world and so many articles and um, artworks that get uploaded onto the platform by the museums has become a real learning resource for me as well. So if anyone's looking for a resource to go and learn about loads of um, cultural events and moments around the world, I think it's, it's definitely the place to go. On that note, let's talk about your digital platform, which mm-hmm. is the gallery. How did you start that? Yeah, so this was back in, I guess it was actually only last year. And I was kind of halfway through my master's, um, starting to look at the perspective of writing posts uni and like what it's actually the reality of being a journalist in the world today and how difficult it is to get, let alone your first byline, but um, consistent commissioning or consistent writing jobs. Um, So I thought I'm pitching elsewhere and maybe it's not going anywhere. And then alongside that, trying to kind of struggling as an emerging writer, I was also doing my dissertation at the time, um, starting to research it on the representation of feminism in arts journalism. So I was looking at loads of different platforms, which uh, promoted and celebrated women artists um, and women creatives. And I was seeing that there wasn't necessarily so many dedicated spaces specifically celebrating that. So I kind of combined those two issues I was facing, one which was I'm an emerging writer struggling to find places to write about these things that I'm interested in. And also there is a lack of places which are writing about these things in the first place. So I thought, well, I've got the time, I'm a student, um, so I might as well maybe just start it up now. And so I started it as a small blog. And the first few posts was just me writing about um like an art some artists that I liked and an art event that I went to um, and then eventually I thought actually maybe some other people might be in the same position as me and might want a platform to write about these things that they're interested in so I just posted a job um, advert on arts jobs saying I've got this platform it's an online magazine um Unfortunately, it's a voluntary run, so I can't pay. But if anyone's a writer that just wants to put their work out there, please send it over and I'd love to publish it. And surprisingly, at the time, I didn't think anyone would respond, but I actually got some responses back. And over the last year, I suddenly started to build up a kind of community of writers that were writing about anything from interviewing creatives working today to looking back at art history or doing reviews of exhibitions. Um, And we've it's yeah it's created a really nice catalogue of articles that is all about celebrating women and and now non-binary people in the arts um and creating a really nice space that i hopefully can inspire other people to look be creative and um and showcase people's work who might may not get the spotlight otherwise and ali i know that in the beginning you were having all these guest writers and you were editing them because i also uh wrote something for you and how was your experience with that was this something that you knew exactly what to do did you learn a bit more doing the gallery how has it been your learning with being an editor I mean it was a definitely learning on the job kind of fake it till you make it situation um and it was 
great to be able to hone my editing skills through my own platform and kind of take what I'd learned at interning at days and take what I've learned working at Google Arts and Culture and use that towards creating um, content on the gallery, which I was really proud of. Um, and I loved working with other people because people would send in amazing articles. And I was like, I can't believe you're not getting this published in the big online magazines and the big print publications because it was up, a lot of it was really up to that standard. But um, so I really did love working with other people to write and edit. But I think recently I found that it does, you do have to put a lot of time into it. And I wanted to be able to give people the the time to take their work seriously and give it a good edit. But obviously working nine to five, well, nine to six even does take up a lot of your day. So what has actually happened now is we've kind of transitioned and we've been, um, the, all the articles are still on the site, which other people have written. But at the moment, we're focusing more on doing artist interviews, which I've been doing and I've been really enjoying that as well. That's amazing. And so what is the next step for the gallery? Because you did a, you're doing a rebrand, right? Yeah. And so what are you planning to have it achieve? Yeah, so I think at the moment, I'm really liking the format. We're doing a lot of interviews. And when I say we, I mean me, <laughs> as I think a lot of side hustle people do it. It's a one man team. But I think especially at the moment, whilst it is a side hustle, I think um, it's been a really great thing to not have to to be able to just kind of do it on my own and, and really go at it and see what I can create from it um, and it's been amazing to just I reach out to people who I find on Instagram who are amazing and also I have a submission form online where if someone wants to kind of get themselves on my radar to see if they can be featured on the gallery um, I also feature a lot of people through that as well um, so I just hope that I can help to spotlight people on on the platform and on social media who who are emerging in the creative industry and so hopefully I can continue to do that and then yeah see what other projects are out there that I can work on because I've really loved especially since going into lockdown doing things that I never thought I would do before like curating an online exhibition and um, doing last year I did a collaboration with Made by Women Zines and we um, created bookmarks celebrating uh, women and non-binary artists so it's it's really nice to be able to try loads of different projects under the same kind of aim and mission, but that are, are really pushing different ways to be creative. That's, yeah, that is so cool. Ali. And I guess it also gives you the opportunity to meet lots of people that you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. Right? Have you connected with people that are from outside of, you know, even from maybe just traditional journalism and the arts, you know? Yeah. Which is really interesting. I mean, I guess that's how we the gallery or from you writing yeah. for it and so it's great you get to meet people doing amazing things and now that you've started I like networking it's it's been amazing to watch that grow and yeah it's it's, it's I think it's one of the best things that you can do online is make connections with other people yes absolutely and I love that you've always been kind of an email and see if I could get something kind of person yeah, it's uh, quite would you, scary. Is that always easy for you to just, is it? Or is it just, because I would assume that you find it quite good. Like, you're very good with words, obviously. I mean, you, when you edited my piece, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. So that's a really nice like, work in collaborative. But, oh, thank you. Uh, was it scary for you to do that then, to reach out? I think sometimes it definitely can be. And I think just thinking, worst case scenario, they're either not going to reply or they're going to say no. And then maybe either either situation is not actually that bad because 
people live their own lives they're very busy so I think I've kind of accepted that and now I'm like well you might as well go for it like you might as well ask someone if they want to collaborate and then respect their decision or their time but yeah you might as well <laughs> how do you manage your time because you work nine of six and then you mm -hmm. do the gallery so how yeah. much time do you have to put on it what are the things that you need to do every week to know that it will keep running yeah I think anyone who has a side hustle probably knows the struggles of kind of maybe doing waking up an hour earlier or maybe on a Sunday afternoon you are still working but It, because it kind of started out of a passion project and started out, well, it still is, as something that I just genuinely enjoy. I really don't mind spending those extra hours every day, maybe an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening, just kind of going through emails, writing up interviews, doing planning social media posts. I really enjoy it. And I also feel like I'm building something, I'm building a portfolio of work, which I hope other people are enjoying. So it definitely take, takes more time. Um, and obviously it would be amazing to be able to kind of do it in a nine to five format, but unfortunately you've got to make rent. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's definitely a balance, but sometimes, you know, if you want to take a week off, you take a week off. But other than that, I think it's, it seemed to have balanced itself out. And if things get too much, I do just take a step back, but at the moment it seems to be working. Yes. And it's growing quite well, right? Organically, which is super nice. And you're having yeah. an engaged audience. Is this something that's easy for you to like just consider that this will grow in that way? Or do you ever get anxious and consider like, oh my God, this, why are normal people liking this or that? Do you obsess over those things or you're more chilled? I think it's hard. I think especially when you put too, like so much pressure on growing with numbers or stats or engagement, it can be quite intimidating and quite depressing to then see if you maybe have lost a lot of followers. But I think at the moment it's, It's been all, I'm quite happy growing organically because I'm enjoying putting out the content. So I think it's, it's just going to be a case of if I'm still enjoying it and I'm putting my time and passion into what I'm doing, hopefully then others can see that as well. But I definitely think it's, it's a uh, social media as a whole, another ball game. I know I'm not the best at putting my face on the front of things as well for, for the first six months I didn't even have my name attached to the gallery because it was so intimidating of I don't know associating associating yourself with something when actually you've got to break down those barriers and think well you should be proud of something that you've created and um nowadays you see that so many people grow through social media by putting their face forward and putting themselves so that they can really show who's behind the screen so it doesn't seem like this mysterious digital platform that's run by like the internet so yeah I'm still I'm still learning how to do that in the best way and how it kind of works for the gallery but I'm just at the moment just kind of going with the flow and letting it grow organically yeah I struggle with that too in the beginning when I remember the first time someone asked for a photo of me for an mm -hmm. article and I was like no 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 please do not want a photo of me I don't want and I only put my name on the website as like oh I'm on the advisory board and people were like oh you need to say who you are now to be honest the first time I had to record a video of me saying something I mm -hmm. like we had to record a video for the crowdfunding campaign and I had to drink wine at 11 a.m because nice. I could not That's do not it bad. I was like, oh my god this is so difficult no it was so bad I had a yeah it was so difficult I just could not do it now I think it's getting easier I mean yeah. I still would never want to be an actress 
that mm-hmm. for me it's like terrifying like, for we sure. just show up on stage and speak to strangers like there's absolutely no way in my life that I could do that but yeah. yeah it is it is difficult if you're used to being in this you know the background yeah but I think it's good uh, because you get better that, at it I think. yeah and now that I know you I'm I'm so invested in I like networking because I know you I know the work you put into it and I also know you really believe in the project and I think that's what makes it really great so it does show you that when you do put yourself forward it does work but yeah we everyone everyone is uh working towards how learning how Instagram actually works but I guess we'll see how it goes <laughs> yes but thank you for that that's very nice and on that note Ali maybe we should tell everyone what is it that we're doing yes. which is our guide and you're the one who had the idea so how did that come about and what is it going to be yes yeah, so... like give a sneak peek to everyone oh yeah this is exclusive content coming here so I have been thinking for a while obviously I'm putting a lot of content out on the gallery which is not necessarily timely because I think these interviews with creatives could be looked back on at any time but it's quite a fast pace of scheduling and I I normally I'm kind of turning out articles twice a week but I would love was thinking I'd love to create some content that can be there for anyone to read at any time that's going to be really useful and learning about not only the creative industry but also the people who are working how they got there and finding it a really inspirational resource so then I was came across I like networking and was like this could be an amazing opportunity because you have such an amazing network (laughs) of creatives and also you have a real great insight into um what how people build their career and um use networking and um jobs to to pursue that so I kind of again we we reached out and we started the conversation and I'm I'm really excited about building this guide all about how to kind of break into the creative industries and get advice from the people who have already made it so hopefully when it comes out it will it will be a really good resource for those people who are emerging into the industry or or wanting to move on uh and Ellie, i think you've been doing most of the design stuff for us for that aspect yeah, of things trying. but <laughs> is it yeah no i i think we're like both learning how to do everything yeah for so, sure you know like small as as in a nutshell what are the skills that people more or less need to develop and if there are any tools that you recommend for anyone trying to build their own sort of you know website or a platform in the internet yeah. what are things that have helped you so far oh yeah this is this is actually such a useful question because I think when I was starting the magazine and starting all of these things you're like I've got an idea but how do I actually execute it um but I looked up literally website maker and I actually have ended up using Wix um which works for me. I know there's loads of other great website builders. Um, I know like Squarespace is also meant to be good. And it's not too expensive either. Um, if you wait some certain times of the year, you get like a 50% off your domain and everything. So you can kind of keep it under like a couple of pounds a month um, just to get like your domain name, like thegallery.com. Um, and then you can design your website and I'm sure there's loads of other free places as well, but I personally use Wix and I just kind of learn on the go playing around with the tool and putting colors and fonts. Um, and it definitely develops over time. I think when you make it the first time, it doesn't have to be the best. And it's the same situation with the guide. I've 
been using Canva to do a lot of my graphics. And that's a really great free resource um, to make things. And you can also make anything from posters to flyers to documents. And so, yes, I love Canva as well. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to use. Like yeah. any job, like I'm such an idiot for design. And mm-hmm. like, but I've never actually met anyone who used Wix, you know? Yeah. I've only just used WordPress and Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Not that anyone cares that much about that, but just in case they do. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I think they're all very similar in that you can build from a template, so you don't need to spend too much time. Exactly. And then once you start learning how to use it, then you can become a bit better looking. Yeah, definitely. You can be a bit more creative, but it's got the tools there to, to learn as a beginner, which I think is really important because a lot of us are just, again, just kind of giving it a go and you might as well start somewhere. And Ellie, on that same note of useful things, you mentioned that newsletter called Journal Resources. Yeah. Are there any other resources that you like that you think people should be aware of if they're trying to get into, you know, the arts, but specifically more like publishing? Are there things that you recommend people should read or be attuned to? I think those tips are actually always very useful because yeah. those are some of the hardest informations to find. Uh, someone asked us the other day to do a video about getting a job in the film industry in the UK because they don't really advertise the mm-hmm. positions. So we actually did that on a Instagram story because, you know, it's it's not as clear. Any tips you have, I think they're going to be very, very useful for everyone. Um, I guess on top of journal resources, um, I recently interviewed um, the girl who runs the social media handle So You Want to Be a Journalist, which is a new um, social platform all about interviewing people in who work in the journalism industry and posting jobs and so I think that's a, maybe one to look out for that's going to be growing um, as a really great resource for anyone who wants to get into journalism and then I remember I think when I was job hunting I was on arts jobs and the dots a lot obviously LinkedIn is a bit of a minefield but there are everything is normally posted on there um, but maybe even just Twitter looking up the hashtag journal request you can find a lot of um, people who are reaching out who want either maybe like a, a pitch or um, are looking for somebody to work in a specific role. So that's also a, a good place to look. It is tough though, because there's so much information out there and trying to sift through it and find the, the specific things that you're looking for is difficult. So I definitely empathize because I've been there. No, same. And it's a minefield. There's so many places to go and then you get a bit overwhelmed. But I agree. I also love journal requests, the mm-hmm. hashtag. And yeah. um, the best if I've ever received in terms of doing your own press is to actually look at that if you have a small business or a service because they'll advertise things that they need. Yeah. And then it's also good if you read. You know, it's, I think even if you work at just PR, you need to read a lot of news and see who writes about what yeah. as well, especially in the sector you're in, and then follow those people and see what they ask for, etc. Then that's also a good way to connect with them. And then when something comes up that makes sense for you or to advertise your service, and you can you know message them. I mean, we got the uh, the stylist uh, feature because of that mm-hmm. because someone was asking for something. I emailed and said, look, I. I can help with this piece, but actually I'm 
is there any hook to this and then mm-hmm. things happen so you just like you said you need to email people and ask for things yeah. otherwise it just won't happen and you receive a lot of notes as well a lot of people ignore you but yeah, yeah. being nice gotta, and- get ex- gotta stay there yeah, definitely. I feel like, yeah, just being like a nice person and, and getting on people's radars is, is like never going to be a bad thing because then maybe there's not an opportunity now, but maybe in a couple of weeks, in a month, in six months, they might be like, oh, we need something, someone who knows about networking and they'll be like, oh, Isabel knows about networking. And then they'll come back to you if, if they know that you're a, a good person and, and do, uh, doing something really great. So yeah, I agree. It's always good to have connections and people people in your network yes absolutely and Ellie do you have any tips that you I mean you gave us lots of tips from your learning so far but any tips that you'd like to give your younger self definitely would say to kind of pursue the idea that you have um when I was 15 I had a blog and it lasted like a week and then I got embarrassed and took it down and I was 16 and I started another one and a month later again I I took it down and I think trial and error is amazing and I think don't be afraid to like start something and if it fails then that's fine but I also think like if I hadn't have started all of those little blogs that didn't go right maybe it wouldn't have led to finally doing the gallery which did go right and yeah so don't being don't being afraid to start something new is definitely my advice like I Obviously, I'm always like, what if I started the gallery five years ago? It could be huge, but also actually that wasn't the right time and the right place. So yeah, just putting putting your ideas out there and and not being afraid to pursue them is definitely what I'd say to my younger self because you you never really know what's going to happen and you might like something then and you might not like something in two years time. So if you like it now, just go for it. I love that, Ellie. That's amazing advice. Thank you very much for talking to us. Oh, thank you great. for having me on. Uh, and if they want to connect with Gallery, what is it that you're looking for? How should they contact you? Give us the, the spiel. Yeah, so the Gallery is spelt the, <laughs> as you would. And then it's Gallery is spelt G-A-L-L-Y-R-Y because obviously my name's Ali and it's spelled A-L-L-Y. So that's a little behind the scenes of how the name actually came to be but um you can just search the gallery spelled in that way on anything facebook instagram twitter and the website is thegallery.com where you can read all the amazing interviews and discover so many creatives doing amazing things amazing thanks ali yes and if anyone has an idea or wants to collaborate with ali just go to the website find her email and get in touch with her and see yes. what can come up with them thanks Ali, so much thank you so much and i'll be in touch with you soon about yes. all of our other things i but, can't yes. wait thank you for listening to the Highlight networking podcast as usual all the information discussed will be on the show notes please do take one minute to rate review and subscribe that does actually help us a lot if you like this show please share it with someone else help us spread the word and don't forget to check our newsletter to be the first to know about any updates resources and much more see you next time